Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for attending. And now, without further ado, to answer your questions, we welcome Commissioner Carl Benson. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for attending today's press conference. Uh, at a time when there are so many uncertainties facing intercollegiate athletics, I thought that this would be a good opportunity to address some of those issues. Uh, who's got the first question? I got a question. Uh, Trent Krim from the Independent. <laughs> really? Trent Krim from the Independent? Are you kidding me? What's your question? Well, well what makes you qualified to be a commissioner? And alive. That's the best that you can have at a time when, when we've got all these issues facing us, and that's the best question you have? That's the stupidest question I've ever heard. And really... Who let this guy in? There's no debate that the Georgia Bulldogs are this season's college football national champions, but there's going to be a lot to debate in and around college athletics during the coming weeks and months. Hi, I'm Mark Knutson, and welcome to Knutson and the Commish, or should I say Commish is this week, as former collegiate commissioner Carl Benson and I are joined by the commissioner of the Mountain West Conference, Craig Thompson, to talk about the season that was, NIL, the transfer portal, college football playoff expansion, and much more. It's great stuff from a couple of impeccable sources, so you don't want to miss this. Stay with us. We're back right after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall, Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at Colorado at gmail.com for more information. Carl, for reasons that will become apparent in a moment, we're going to rename the show this week, Knutson and the Commissions. But it's certainly, even though we just finished the regular season, um, there is no off-season for talking about this stuff, especially on the football side. And a lot of, a lot of crazy stuff is going to, going to come out between now and the start of the next season, which is almost, what, 250-some days away. So, um, it, looking back at the season that was, is it time to just exhale a little bit and let the dust settle before we start looking at next year? Well, I think there's, you know, there's both excitement, uh, the fact that we got through the entire season and, and got through the, you know, the championship playoff. There were some bowl games that, that got interrupted and disrupted. But I think in general, you know, you really have to applaud the, the, the coaches and the student athletes and the universities for, you know, still playing a college football season. Yeah. you know, in, in the midst of, uh, of the epidemic. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, great, great ending to the game on Friday night. Uh, but still, as we will talk to uh, Craig about later on here, uh, still some unfinished business. And yeah. I think the general, general public was, was hoping and holding their breath that, you know, that there'd be, you know, some greater movement in terms right. of the future of the playoffs. Before we get into the playoff stuff, uh, I don't know if you saw the article this week, Rick George, the University of Colorado Press, uh, athletic director came out and was highly critical of the situation with the transfer portal at NIL, saying some of the things you and I have talked about to how the NIL dollars are now being used as recruiting enticements for current college players to transfer schools. And obviously CU has been hit really hard with that. They lost 15 players to this point. So um, it was really hard. And then obviously now we see what 14 Alabama players entered the transfer portal, ye- portal yesterday. This is crazy times we're in right now. It is. And I think that that was a surprise that, uh, you know, when players were leaving programs, Obviously, it has to something to do with with lack of playing time. I don't. Yeah. I didn't see the list of the players, uh, Mark, but uh, it looks like uh, our illustrious uh, guest for the day has joined He's us. Joined us, looking, yep. Looking dapper and has the the Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, uh, you know, 
three quarter zip. I uh, I've got a three quarter button. So. You golf you golfers all dress alike. That's all I know. Um, why, 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 why don't you? Why don't we'll, both, you we'll both laugh to that. So, why don't yeah. you introduce introduce our guest? Because illustrious is a very good word for it. Well, uh, today we welcome uh, current Mountain West Conference Commissioner Craig Thompson to the show. Uh, Craig is the only commissioner in the 22-year history of the Mountain West, and is currently the longest tenured, not necessarily the oldest, but the longest tenured commissioner <laughs> in the FBS and the CFP. Uh, but the connection between Craig and I goes back. To, the, to his first commissioner job in the American South, my first commissioner job with the Mid-American Conference. My predecessor in the MAC became the commissioner of the Sunbelt Conference in 1990. A year later, the American South merged with the Sunbelt. Craig became the commissioner of the Sunbelt and the American South dissolved. And then three years later in the spring of 1994, Craig and I literally ran into each other at the Salt Lake City Airport as we both arrived to interview for the commissioner position with the WAC. I received the job. Craig went back to the Sun Belt for four years until the summer of 1998, when eight schools left the WAC to start the Mountain West, and Craig became its commissioner. Now that then to complete then to complete the circle. Okay, all right. 14 years later in 2012, I left the WAC for the Sun Belt, where I finished my career in 2019. And yes, what goes around comes around. And uh, having spent the last several days in Indianapolis for the CFP champ game and three days of meetings of the CFP management committee. Uh, Craig, we really appreciate you taking the time today to shed some light on those discussions and provide us some insight on just where the CFP playoff is headed and when. I can give you uh, what's happened, Carl. I don't know. I can give you any insight. You know, you've been in a million of those rooms as I have. And you just uh, kind of described our, our histories. Excuse me, this process I'm not choking up over this negative <laughs> this morning. I think it was that in, that introduction of mine as you yeah, choked, choked up. up. That's right. Yeah. All I know, all I know, Commissioner Thompson, and you and I have a little bit of a history too. But um, all I know is that at some point we're going to do a podcast just on June of 2011. That's it. Carl's driving to California, dropped his daughter off in at USC. Boise State's going to go somewhere. The Big 12's dissolving. You guys are. I mean, that's going to be that could be a book. What you guys well, you get, make sure you get the date right there, Mark. It's okay. uh, it's summer of 2010. Oh, okay, 2010. All right. Well, we, as long as you guys you guys know it better than I do, but that I could we could just turn it over the mic. You guys could just argue for for a whole podcast. Uh, June great. June 2011 might have been just as distant. It, it was goofy. It was goofy. What happened in June? Oh, I well, you and I, but, uh, Mr. Thompson. I was working for the Mountain West TV Network at that point, um, and I was doing mostly baseball, but there was a little bit of football time in there. But I just remember sitting in the green room at the mountain, uh, waiting for the shoes to drop. Was Oklahoma, were Oklahoma and Texas going to the Pac-12? Was, was Boise going to the Mountain West? Or was Iowa State and Kansas State and Kansas coming to the Mountain West? It was crazy. It was day, It was minute by minute, crazy stuff. But my, it was, uh, it was fun to my favorite remembrance of that time frame, now my favorite remembrance, one that sticks out, was uh, taking a vote to add Boise State or not. The, the motion did not succeed. I got to call Bob Custra, who was at the WAC meetings that mm -hmm. morning. And we had about 25 journalists, including uh, TV people from Boise for a press conference in Jackson Hole. And uh, since there was no press conference, I stood up and I, as usual, said nothing. And uh, I had no support, no presidents. We went to dinner that night and they kind of all said, hey, how'd that press conference go? I said, splendidly, splendidly. That, 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 was a, that, that could be a book. It really could, Carl, because uh, your story about 
what you had to go through during that period was amazing. Yeah. But fast forwarding now, obviously, as Carl said, you longest tenured uh, commissioner in, in college football or college athletics right now. I got to ask you this before we get into the serious stuff. We were talking about having Michael Resco on this program. I hope we do at some point. But when he throws up those P6 numbers, be, that logo behind his behind his head during a conference, do you just chuckle? Do you honestly, just really yourself, do you just do. chuckle? You know, I understand marketing to a, to a degree, and he's trying to do what uh, is in the best interest of his leagues. But, you know, I don't know the, the substantial support and the validity and the numbers and yeah. statistics that yeah. he uses to to make that claim yeah. friend and mark and while frustrating to each uh, his own we can all do whatever we want to yeah. do but uh, you know i've said to him about a hundred times and and carl just mentions this era uh basically for about a six eight ten year period it was uh the best of that and, and i hate the labeling you know i don't use the p word uh, the autonomous five and, and the group of five, but it was between TCU, Utah, and Boise State. We yeah. Numbers every week would look at the rankings. Yeah. One of those three teams was going to be the highest rated out of that grouping of 60-some schools. And so we've lived that. And, and I said this in the uh, CFP meetings this week as one of my peers was rambling along about this, and it, it might have been uh, Mr. Oresco. And I said, you know, we're very proud that we won the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl. I'm about 10 years ahead of you, Mike. So uh, we move on to another subject. And I'll just stop there. That's good stuff. Right, did, he, did he have his shoe off the other day? Was he pounding his shoe on the table? Well, I, again, I, I got to be really careful here. You know, and you respect the room, Carl. I'm not going to get into, you know, what people said. That's their business to, to say publicly what they want and the positions. Too many people are talking on this topic right now on expansion, and, and we should keep it more in the room. But it's it's frustrating to me because we are really close. There are a couple outstanding issues, but there doesn't seem to be the willingness to compromise that that you and I experienced in yeah. 25 years sitting in that same room. Carl that is gone, and it's very frustrating for a number of us. Carl, that sounds a lot like what Heather Denich told us last week, that this, this this is becoming almost like a political debate between political parties, that no one's willing to give and compromise like they, they would you know, a couple decades ago when there was people reaching across the aisles. It seemed like that's happening in this process, and that's scary. Yeah, I think we, we both live some of that from time to time, but at, at the end of the day, you know, there, there ended up being you know, compromises made, you know, the commissioners and, and me being part of that group during the, the time leading up to 2012 when the decision to go to, you know, to four teams. I mean, it took us a long time to to move that, you know, that needle. And and there was, you know, at that time, one or two commissioners who who were vehemently against any type of expansion. And there were a couple that, you know, that favored expansion. And, and uh, you know, Craig and I both kind of recognized that, whether it was the five or the six at the time, counting the Big East, yeah. when they had the the same voting privileges, that you know that that we were we were in a position to to hope that they made the right move and hope that they were inclusive enough and hope that they you know could do what was in the best interest of all the college football and not just their own you know, their own parochial yeah. uh, you know little nations little kingdoms. Yeah. But uh, it sure seems you know on the outside now looking in. It just seems like there's, you know, there's, there's not that willingness to, to, to move. 
Well, and I'm not, we're not at a stalemate. Uh, you know, I'm not real comfortable. I'm not as optimistic, optimistic as I was uh, uh, going into Indianapolis, but uh, you know, there's, there's still a chance there's still some time and you, you uh, framed it up very well, Carl. I mean, Again, uh, history doesn't always repeat, but going back, you know, you and I both testified in congressional hearings in, in Washington, D.C. The, the playoff didn't come about overnight, and, and there's still some runway on this. But the shame of it is we could have an expanded playoff in years 11 and 12 if, if people would be willing to, to give a little bit. And, you know, instead it may go full term all 12 years and there may not be an expanded playoff until, you know, five years from today, and, which is frustrating. And again, we're, we're down to a few issues. But, you know, as we look in the past, we used to be able to get in the room, argue, compromise, give and take. And then guess what happened? There was a proposal or a format laid on the table. And then it was your conference's choice to join that grouping or not. And uh, hopefully we still are going to have that opportunity. You know, this proposal, when it was laid out with uh, great acceptance, I think, in mid-June, uh, of, of all the things that we've done in all these years, uh, th this might have had more universal support than anything we've ever done or rolled out. And then, um, you know, membership changes came about, yeah. new people in the room. Uh, quote unquote, the alliance. And, uh, you know, I, I hope we're not sacrificing, uh, you know, the, as you stated, the parochial self-interests for, uh, you know, increasing access. And, you know, what a great game this is and would be even more so if in late November there were still 2025 teams vying for those 12 playoff spots. Yeah, that's correct. You mentioned, you mentioned that, that there's been too much talk outside the room and that it needed to be kept inside. You know, the PAC 12 did, did release uh, a statement, uh, you know, strongly in favor of CFP expansion, supporting all six of the most discussed expansion models, and then mm -hmm. proceeded to lead to uh, list those, you know, those six. And, you know, I, I don't expect you today to, you know, to, to give us your thoughts or opinions on those, but, uh, you know, I did have one one question that I think would would be helpful uh, for the listeners and, and just in, in general, the, the difference between what was proposed back in June that was universally, as you said, accepted, but I thought was a, I mean, I told you and I told your colleagues that, that when that six, those six guaranteed spots for the six highest champions, that that was the biggest um the biggest give, the biggest win for the quote group of five, uh, and that that you know it it kept Mike quiet for a short period of time because it was it was exactly what you know what you all needed to hear in that room, and and I'm glad to see that that still you know is on the table. But then the, the question that I have and the clarification would be the difference between that you know that six guaranteed spots with their six automatic qualification and going back to the five AQ for the quote power five and then the highest ranked group of five champion. What's what's the difference between those two? 
Not a whole lot, frankly. Um, you know, last year for the first time in, in the 23-year BCS slash CFP history, Carl, both the American and the Sun Belt would have qualified yeah. as automatic qualifiers. Right. You can't really use last year taking nothing away from the Sun Belt with whom we both served, but it was an anomaly. It was a pandemic. Uh, half the conferences didn't even play non-conference games. Yeah. And, and Oregon, uh, because of the, the conference championship in the Pac-12, et cetera, would have been ranked behind both of them, so would not have been in the top six. And, and that has often come up and the argument that that can't happen. Okay. It can happen, frankly, but it only happened once in 23 years in a really weird, unique year. And so to, to be able to just think about this and, and all those meetings uh, we both sat through, if it is five and one, and I'm not ready to concede that, you know, I, I fought hard. I mean, you can imagine Bob Bowlesby, Jack Swarbrick, Greg Sankey and I over a two year period, um, how many times did I have to argue that point to keep it at six, do you imagine, right? So I'm not ready to, to, to give up the ghost yet. But if it does happen, it's still an advancement over what we have today because the highest rated champion of those five leagues is guaranteed a spot. I still think six is the right number. When you say six is the right number, uh, there's been a lot of different proposals regarding the total number, six, eight, 12. Uh, is there a pretty much universal way you've talked? It sounds like there's pretty much universal acceptance at 12 being the number of, all, of teams involved. There is, Mark. There's one league that's still pushing for eight. I think it's publicized and documented who that is. But I think for the most part, people understand the 12. And there's a really unique experience because we didn't start with 12. Heck, we, we didn't get much beyond eight mm-hmm. for a while. And, and four, you know, we started with this process, is four the right number? Why, why are we changing? And changing for, for increased access, for more interest later and throughout the season, uh, the sport in itself, in and of itself. Um, more, more revenue, more revenue. Revenue. You know, we have, we have debated all, all along, you know, years ago, uh, in the convoluted, either the AP ranked you or UPI, and there were split champions. There was no, you know, right. I can't remember all the terms, Carl, the Alliance, and then the BCF, <laughs> CFP. But uh, the point being... Coalition, coalition. Yeah. coalition. Yeah. You know, we never even... we People, for instance, in the West could have cared less who won the Pac-12 conference. There wasn't even a Mountain West 22 years ago. And so people are going like... I don't care. I've followed Big Ten football. Well, now it's become a truly national sport. I, I was amazed last night or Monday night, you know, just thinking how far it's come. You know, I was the smallest venue the CFP's been played. Lucas Oil was, I think, attendance like 68,000. But uh, that's almost Super Bowl-esque. It's become an unbelievable event in eight short years. And here's a chance to make it even better. And to grow it even stronger, and I, it, it's a very frustrating process. And you know, and then of course we have all the other issues going on with transfer portal and right. NIL and the whole constitutional regovernance potential. So you know, everything's hitting us all at once. Hey, do, do those those are factors uh, NIL and transfer portal in particular? Uh, obviously, should should throw um, 
conference expansion in there with Texas and Oklahoma, as we know, that kind of threw a monkey wrench into everything. Do those factors play into the college football playoff debate at all? I mean, are people worried about NIL, transfer portal, conference realignment? Is there a trust issue involved? Um, not, not necessarily. I think uh, expansion does creep in, you know, naturally, obviously, since this was announced a couple of short weeks later, Oklahoma and Texas announced they're going to the SEC. You know, what's, what's concerning to me right now is that the Big 12 and the SEC have been on board, as has Notre Dame. Are they going to continue to support or is their support going to wane being, you know, Greg said it a million times. This model kind of works for us, too. I believe Georgia played Alabama for the mm-hmm. national championship. We don't really have to expand. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't want to lose people in the, in the transition as we continue to, uh, you know, debate this topic. You know, Craig, uh, Greg, you know, has been at the forefront uh, of this, being part of the four-person four committee and, and then obviously the Texas-Oklahoma. And you know, he's tried as well as anybody could to, to be diplomatic about it all. Uh, his quote uh, last week before the meetings, um, I thought was, one, it was clever. I mean, he's a clever guy. But when he said, you can only kick the can down the road so long before that can won't make it to the next you know, intersection. And, and I hear in his voice, I hear in his statement, this, this frustration that you know, he's been out there uh, at the forefront and, and that he's, he's tiring, he's tiring. And, and I think we both know and have both seen you know, going back to, you know, 1992 when, you know, the SEC was at the, at the forefront of, of expansion and leaving the CFA and getting in, getting their own television agreement, uh, you know, under Roy's tenure. Um, and then Mike being at the forefront of the, of the 14 playoff and, and the SEC was, was instrumental in, in pushing that. Um, and it was instrumental in protecting or providing greater access for the group of five, uh, you know, under the current format, the you know where it uh, it got the New Year's Day games in there. So I mean, the SEC has I think has tried to you know to be a uh, an organization that is good for everybody. But I do worry that you know that that they are running you know they're they're frustrated and they're perhaps running their patience is uh, is wavering. Well, that's a, that's a good uh, summation, Carl. And the way to, to, to frame, I agree with you. You know, that's what I'm trying to say that, you know, we both served on the basketball selection committee, the, the uh, CFP selection is dissimilar, but in a lot of ways similar. But what happens on both those processes? You literally, literally hang your hat outside the room who you represent and you're working in concert to try to put the best for the sport. You know, we, we've got to, uh, we've got to get beyond this, that, you know, we, we've got some people in the room too, that are talking about, I need to know these answers. Well, nobody knows those answers. That's not the way the collegiate, and I'm not saying the collegiate process works, but it's been around for a century plus. We, we come up with a format, a policy, procedures, protocols, et cetera. And then, and then we, we implement them. And, and there's always nuances and change and 
you know, about as soon as we vote on something. Remember a couple of years ago, we put in the thing at the NCAA level, you can't change a rule for two years yeah. because we were changing it by the next meeting. But my point is, we can't answer all this stuff. How can we go to ESPN, the rights holder, the incumbent, and say, how much is this worth until we tell them what, what the format is? Yeah. So we've had some really learned and smart people for television consultants helping us, and they're talking to people, but you know, it's kind of a what if and maybe, and if it looks like this type of a structure. I mean, we can't even go forward on, on uh, you know, television negotiation with ESPN, who has the rights, until we tell them what the format is. 12 teams on campus, four buys, et cetera. Hey, Craig, how much, and Carl mentioned, you're the longest tenured, most experienced commissioner in these, in these meetings. How much does the inexperience of the newbies at the, in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 even the big 12 to some extent, how much the fact that these guys are new to this process, is that slowing things down? Are they, do they need to be brought up to speed or, or are they just more tentative because they're less experienced? Really smart people, very intelligent people. Obviously Jimmy Phillips at the ACC has been around, uh, you know, mm-hmm. right. his, his whole career, but you know, uh, George and, and Kevin um, are coming from a different perspective, right. you know, and, and I don't know if that's good, bad or different. George is a brilliant businessman. You know, he had 3,000 employees and had over 300 events in hundreds of different venues across the country. He knows how to, to, to run an event. I believe he started his career with uh, Turner in the Goodwill Games up in Seattle in like 1990 or something. But so it's not that. It's, uh, I, you know, that could come in a little bit of a factor. You know, Kevin was in the NFL a long time, uh, an attorney. You know, I think they're just trying to understand. My point is all the bits and pieces and nuances in advance, and and, and we can't really do right. that. Yep. There are going to be consequences that we're not thinking of right now, and we'll have yep. to address at an appropriate time. I heard through uh, another conference, former conference colleague, that, uh, and it's been it's been reported to some extent, uh, you know, how the Rose Bowl will will come into play with all of this, but not just the Rose Bowl, but the other quote contract rules that have been in place and the, you know, the impact that a 12 team playoff and where those first round games is, is that a sticking point, Craig, or is that something that, that can and should be, should be worked out? Well, you know, the, the, the status, um, I'll use the adjective, the favored status, the Rose Bowl has, enjoyed well if i'm you know the orange bowl and the sugar bowl and fiesta bowl i'm gonna be right in there behind them and and as we found out a couple years when the rose bowl was allowed to continue to play in that beautiful setting at is it two or three o'clock whatever kicks off on on january 1st well then the sugar bowl got the eight 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 thirty mountain time slot and so, yeah, I, I think those people, that is a factor. Those are concerns that, you know, you, you can only go so far with particular bowls. But see, that's another thing. We're maybe making presumptions, but is it going to be the current New Year's Eve bowls that we're talking about? I mean, there's I, we played our championship game at a $2.5 billion stadium at SoFi, chomping at the bit, hosting next year's national championship. Uh, UNLV and obviously the Raiders is their state play in Allegiant in Las Vegas. So there's some other venues that might say, well, wait a minute, 
Maybe I'll accept that deal. Uh, I'll be a part of that. Maybe Lucas Oil on an annual basis. I don't know. My point is we, we can't make presumptions until we know exactly what we're offering for people to buy, both television networks and bowl games. Yeah, does, revenue, does revenue distribution have to be uh, decided and completed before the, the, the overall adoption of a 12-team playoff? And again, you, you said it early on that, that you, there's some of these questions you don't have an answer to. And yet if during this last six months when commissioners went back to their membership, uh, I think the, the, the question that every AD in the country had for their commissioner was, well, what does this mean for us financially? Mm -hmm. and, and, and those sometimes are done you know, after the fact. Once you know what the number is, then the revenue distribution, you know, was was decided. So, I mean, it's, I mean, if those are the things that are that are holding this up, it's you know, it's it's unfair to the the overall good of the of the game because you're right. If we if we wait until you have all the answers, we'll be waiting for you know much longer time than any of us have. Probably for me, Carl, the biggest, the quick answer on the revenue is no, of course not. You know, that's an after the fact. And, you know, there is a formula, you're familiar with it. And, uh, uh, you know, until somebody changes it, that is the formula, but that, that can be determined at a later date. If you're hinging your vote on that, I get a few more percentage dollars, it, that's probably not going to get this over the, over the goal line, but you know, as, as you said, you know, right there, it's really interesting breaking it all down that uh, we, we can't make all these determinations at, at one time. And it's frustrating that if we don't do it now, let me emphasize this. If we don't do it now, we're going to have the same argument for the next two to four years. There is no playoff in year 13, zero, none, four team or otherwise. So we're right back battling these same issues. And as Bob stated very well, you know, we're, we're creating our silos and um, it's not going to go away. Hey, Craig, you um, started out by saying that you were, you went in there more optimistic than you were when you came out, but you still felt like you had some optimism coming out. Where do you see this? Where's, where's the next step? Where do you see this going from here? Well, the board has directed us, Mark, to go back and probably in the next four to six weeks and tackle it again. It's, it's not as though we haven't beat it to death for seven months now, but we'll give it the old college spirit one more time. And, you know, arguably, unless one of the prevailing people that are in favor of the 12, six automatic, six at large changes their position or one of the others joins that position, um, you know, nothing's going to change, but, you know, there was a implied threat there from the board that if you 11 can't figure it out, well, we'll, we'll ultimately make some decision. Mm -hmm. The question could have been asked, well, you could have made the decision Monday in Indianapolis, but yeah. they've remanded back to us. See if you, here's, we're down to a couple singular issues. We've talked about them, the Rose Bowl, the automatic qualification uh, to a degree, the timing. Uh, there, there are people in the room that say, boy, let's figure out all the college football's problems and, and include the CFP. <laughs> well, I'm going to be retired before those. <laughs> no, no doubt. Answered. 
And, uh, you know, and then revenue distribution, as Carl articulated, that's, that's going to happen at some point or another, but it doesn't have to be necessarily tied into this. We have a formula. Craig, how about, how about the NCA convention coming up? Did anybody say, let's, let's get through the NCA convention and, and see what, if any monumental changes happen there that, that might have an impact and, and then get that put to bed and, and then let's, let's tee this thing back up again? Yeah, not directly, but I think there there uh, there certainly is a correlation there, Carl, because that's part of this. I mean, I, I'll just be be very blunt. Uh, usually, am. there there are some people that would just assume this be a a five conference playoff, right? And I think that that George uh, hinted at that uh, recently, as I don't know if it was over the weekend or last week that. You know, if we can't come to a, a decision, then perhaps two or three of us may create our own structure mm-hmm. and invite those that want to come in and play under that structure to uh, to go forward, which, yeah. you know, sounded to me like like a threat. And again, this this idea of unanimity, unanimity being required, that there is no there isn't anything that would keep two or three conferences from, you know, from getting together and say, Hey, this looks pretty good to us. You guys want to come along. So uh, I, I, I share that fear. And I I've said, I've said before that if, if I was still in the chair, I would be worried about some type of a, uh, of a power play that would exclude the, the, the group of five in some shape or form. So uh you know, I think that we do have to be realistic in terms of, of what uh, if this frustration level continues. I think we better hope that, that something can get it done that, that is more inclusive than, uh, than exclusive. We could, we could see college football starting to look like boxing, right? You have different divisions. You have a WBC, a WBA, an IBF, whatever, and you have your own different champions and different belts. And, and now I don't think that would be a lot of fun for a lot of people, but you know, on the other hand, maybe Craig, that opens up some avenues for you guys to do their own thing. I mean, who knows? Um, I know a lot of us would like to see the collegiate model more preserved than it is right now. I mean, you probably read what Rick George said last last week about the transfer portal and um, you know and all that the NIL mess. Maybe maybe this helps you the, some of the colleges who really want to play quote unquote college sports to do just that and, and do do your own thing. Who knows? <laughs> Well, and you know, I've said all along, and I'm so very proud to to represent the the 12 institutions in the Mountain West. You know, we've been playing football since the 1890s. We we have nine schools that have played football for over a hundred years. Newsflash: Utah's budget's bigger than Utah State's. Yeah. Does that mean Utah State can't beat Oregon State and Washington State this year and finish with 11 wins? Oh wait, they did. Yep. You know just trying to have a chance and stay in the game and and play at the, the level you know i understand i understand all the positions uh there are a hundred thousand people on a given saturday in stadiums around the country we don't even have a hundred thousand seat stadiums does that mean we're a lesser product or our fan bases aren't as passionate and don't care as much absolutely not and so you know we're, we're trying you know this this kind of sounds altruistic but from from the jump, I have said all along, and and again, I, you know, I don't know when a new format gets implemented, or how long it's going to take. I do believe there will be an expanded CFP rather than uh, no CFP or an exclusive CFP. But 
that's just me and maybe it's Pollyannish, but I, I look at this as we should be doing what's good for the game. Mm-hmm. There were 68,000 people. And if we asked a yes or no vote, do you want an expanded playoff? Yes or no? 67,042 would have voted yes. The others were in a beer line and they weren't able to vote. That's right. So I I think uh, we need to be better stewards and to help promote college football. It's the second most popular sport by most metrics, uh, TV ratings, attendance, et cetera, light years behind the NFL, but it always will be probably uh, most likely. But uh, let's, let's not just protect, let's grow this game because fans got a hundred bucks in their pocket. They can do about one of 10 different things. We hope they use some of that money towards college football. Well said, well said. We pre- hey, we appreciate your time, Commissioner. I know it's a busy time for you. You're in between the CFP stuff and the convention coming up and all that kind of stuff. So I know you don't get an off season. So we appreciate you giving, giving us your time and, I know, uh, again, you and Carl, that book about June of 2010 would be spectacular. Uh, we, if we want to put it in podcast form, we should do that this summer. Because just thinking back to that month, it was nuts. And uh, it, may be, it, may be, it may be of interest, but I don't think there's a lot of buyers. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Two, two wives and maybe Carl and I might buy it. I'm not even sure. <laughs> I don't know, it's man. It's fun because, uh, you know, Carl. Carl's uh, uh, a little clever uh, more clever than I, the fact that he just gets to talk about this stuff instead of going uh, to sit yeah. in there and throw yep. papers at each other. Yeah, he might have got out the right time. And, and now, which who's the better golfer here between the two? Because he's oh, playing. that's not even Greg, close. He's, Carl he's playing every day. Me one time, I had the second shot in a foursome, and I I hit both shots poorly. And Carl was mad, and he said, "We can't give you a third. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> it's not even close." Well, that's all he does anymore. He's out there playing yeah. in the snow. I mean, it's crazy. Hey, he well, sent me a text while I was in Indy. You know, I'm fighting through all this stuff, suffering. It's like eight degrees, and he's playing golf in Colorado yeah. Springs, yeah. Yeah. in my backyard. Okay. Yep. But your hey, your your comeback quote though is the best quote that uh, that I saw all weekend. Uh, while I'm playing golf in in sunny Colorado, Craig says. I think I think inside the meeting room was colder than the outside of 24 degrees. <laughs> oh, that's not pretty, good. Pretty news. good, pretty good description that's there, a, Commissioner. That's a good. That's a good one. Hey, Craig, we All really guys. we really appreciate your time. You take care, and we'll talk to you again down the road. Thanks, thanks, thanks Craig. Craig, yeah. Craig Thompson, the, as Carl said, the longest tenured commissioner of uh, any of the college football conferences, college athletic conferences. Carl, that's a lot of really really good information. Um, not doomsday, but not what we'd hope for. Is that fair? I think so. I, again, I think, you know, the optimism, you have to be optimistic and you have to, to be, uh, you have to encourage and let your membership know that, that this thing is still alive and it's boiling. But boy, I tell you what, I, I worry when I see some of the, the frustration coming yep. through uh, with, uh, with some of the commissioners and some of their public statements. Yeah, you're right. With that, you got a thumbs up, thumbs down for us? Yes, I do. And uh, who else to get this week's thumbs up than the University of Georgia and specifically quarterback Stetson Bennett and what a performance and and what a story from walking on at UGA to fifth string quarterback to the CFP MVP and uh, who will play him in the movie. Stay tuned, (laughs) sports fans. And with all due respect to my former commissioner colleagues, including Commissioner Thompson, my thumbs down of the week goes to the CFP Management Committee for not being able to put aside their own parochial views 
and positions this past weekend to come to a decision to expand the current 14 CFP playoff to 12 teams. The vast majority of football coaches and players want it. The TV networks are chomping at the bit to make a financial offer for the rights to a 12-team playoff. And the everyday college football fan like you and me are demanding it. I just hope it isn't too late for these commissioners to set aside their differences and reach a decision to expand the playoffs. And as one notable commissioner stated, you can only kick the can down the street for so long before that can won't make it to the next block. And that's my thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. Well, hopefully uh, it sounds like there's still up, still reason for some optimism. They're going to meet again in six weeks or so, and, and, and we'll be here to talk about it. Next week, Carl, let's talk some hoops next week. What do you say? I was going to say, I bet it's about time to, uh, yep. Let's to, talk some hoops. to tip it off rather than tee it off. Yep, we'll do that. Well, you're always teeing it off, but we'll either kick oh, it off or tip I it off. Uh, I forgot about that. Sports. All right. Okay. okay. Thanks again, Carl. Great, great interview with Craig Thompson. Uh, hope, people come, hope everybody enjoyed it, and we'll try to do better next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.